Hi everybody! Welcome to Ann Ortley's Weekly Weather. It's definitely not an audio-visual kind of day. It's 104 here in New York, and even though I have the air conditioner and the fan on, I'm ready to expire. But welcome to the Weekly Weather for July 24th to July 31st, 2021. Got a lot going on in the heavens today. Uh, we are going to talk about it, and it is the week of changes. And we're going to call them challenging changes, because they're going to feel a little challenging. Um, so let's let's get on to it. All right, first up this week, we have Juno stationing retrograde. Um, and we have to kind of think of Juno as the planet of partnership and relationships. And if you notice, all the planets are now on the one side again, right? So we've got everybody hanging out on the one side. Moon's moved into there. Um, and we're moving forward uh, into uh, intense times. We also have the sun down here at the very bottom of the chart um, getting uh, in Leo, which then means all the planets that are in fire are about to go retrograde uh, this week. We have all the, fi all the planets that are in air and earth and water on the far side are retrograde. Retrograde planets always happen when we're on the opposite side. So this week we have both Jupiter stationing to go retrograde, our little big guy, and we also have um, Juno stationing to go retrograde. Now she stations to go retrograde on Monday, and Juno entered her shadow on May 13th, um, and she's stationing now, and she goes direct again on October 22nd, and then she leaves her shadow on December 4th. So we think of it as kind of like this little zigzag. Now what Juno represents in our asteroid land, and we include the asteroids in this because they are, we need more women. There's only two up there. This gives me five more women when I turn on the asteroids. So Juno speaks to our traditional pursuit of partnership. You know, who we're partnering with, why we're partnering with them, and what they give us. So if you haven't broken up with them yet, you're not gonna. You know, this you're not breaking up now because Juno's stationing to go retrograde. And if you break up with them between now and when she goes direct in October, you'll get back together. So you had the vision and you didn't act on it. So now just kind of chill your chill your joints because we're probably not going to go back. We're probably not going to adjust our relationships. We're going to seek to preserve them. But more importantly, Juno's in the sign of Pisces. And if you notice, she's hanging out with Neptune. So the two of them have really been talking to you really since last April, April of this year, when Jupiter was in Pisces and he met up with Neptune. They've been talking to you about the next 13 years, you know, what your dream is for the next 13 years. And as I mentioned with Jupiter here about to stop, we've been in pilot season. Jupiter went into Aries and we said, oh, new 12-year cycle starting, great, and he only gets to 841, this week he stops, and then he goes backwards. And then he goes back into Aries again, December 21st. So he's about to finish his season too. You know, so we're finishing the season up, and now he's gonna go backwards, and now we're gonna flesh out stuff, develop the story, figure out what we want, and then when we get to December 21st, it's full steam ahead. So these are important because it's the pres preservation of traditional partnerships. If you were going to break up, you did. If you didn't, you're hanging in there. And Jupiter also has a lot of energy around, well, I thought I was going forward. Nope, not yet. Okay, back up. Now, it's very important, the energies that happened since these two planets entered their shadows because they haven't been encouraging us to make needed changes in our lives, to get ready for the next 12 years, the next 13 years of making our life dream come true. 
why are you here? What's your purpose? And the universe says, new beginning, new chapter. And of course we were talking after COVID that there was going to be a renaissance. Well, this is, this is the seeding of the renaissance. What's your vision? And so we're pausing now and going, oh, okay, I guess we're not ready yet. Nope, not ready yet. But we have an idea, and that's what's important. The stakes have been laid. The ground has been sowed. You've seen it. Now you have to figure out what you want to do. And that's certainly important. We had the hearings this week. They pause. They're done. They'll be back in the fall. Tell us more stuff. Great. Flesh out the detail. Great. But you got a lot of information to make decisions on. We had the Supreme Court decision about Roe versus Wade. We had them saying, hey, we're going to come after these other bills. You know, these other rulings. So, you know, your job... Oops, audio connection has been lost. Attempting to reconnect now. Ah, oh, it's been a technology day. Okay, hopefully... Oh, came back. Sorry about that. Brief pause for internet interruption. Um, the, uh, the energy's been planted. The seed's been planted. And remember, remember, we're going to all be talking the elections. We're going to be talking in upcoming elections. 73 million people in this country do not vote. Your job, should you decide to accept it, is to get anybody you know that's not registered to vote. Because that's how we change things, right? 20% uh, of the people between age 18 and 34 don't vote. The other 80% don't. Elections matter. And so this Aries energy, this Juno energy that's asking you to partner with your vision for what you want your life, your world, your country to look like has been seeded. Now you need to take action on it because Mars is coming to Uranus this week. Major explosions, major changes that are coming in. And so the more ready you are with your vision, your approach, your understanding of why this is important, the better. So I think everybody in my listening audience should find anybody they know that don't vote and say to them, okay, you need to register, you need to register to vote because overwhelming numbers help us shape our vision. And it can be whatever your vision is. You vote for what's important to you, but it's important to think about the vision that you have, not just locally, but long range. What's that about? And these are very visionary planets. The next 13 years, the next uh, 12 years, and Uranus, the next 84 years. It's big. It's big. So that's part one. Next up, I'm going to get a little mouse here that's not working well. We have the new moon this week. Now, right now, we're in the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday through Thursday, we're in the dark of the moon. The dark of the moon is a really interesting time at this time of year because, as you notice here, uh, right now the moon is in um, the moon is in Gemini, out of bounds. It's going to go into Cancer. It's going to be out of bounds in Cancer. And the period of time between Monday and Thursday, when the moon is in Cancer before it goes into Leo, the moon is in her favorite sign. The sun is in his favorite sign. They're both in the signs of their rulership. They're both at their maximum strength. So they're able to inspire your chart and help you get clear on what you need, what you want, what your emotional needs are, because the moon rules that emotional, fundamental pyramid of your life, and the sun rules your purpose and your vision for being on Earth. Why are you here? Look at your sun. Where are you supposed to deliver your sun and grow and shine in light? Look at your Leo house, or houses, because a lot of times Leo's on the cusp. Don't forget to give that earlier part some work, too. So we're, we're looking at this energy with the Juno stationing, and then we're going into this new moon. 
notice this new moon. It is very western. All this is the moon cast for Washington D.C. We ha and the moon is out of bounds in this chart, and the ascendant is in what we call the path of fire. We love when we love when the ascendant is in the path of fire, which is the degrees between the via combusta. It's the degrees between 15 Libra and 15 Scorpio. There's a lot of mean fixed stars there, but we see Mars over here approaching a conjunction to Uranus, and Mars is on a world point. Now that conjunction starts this week, but it runs into next week. That's the ch ch, -ch changes I was talking about. You're going to have a lot of changes coming in very fiercely this week. And the moon and the sun are in a position to catch them and go, okay, got it, I got it, I caught it. Okay, so we're going to watch for that. This new moon is very potent. Notice down here Jupiter is stopped. He is stopped in Leo. He is trine to the moon and the sun. They're approaching a trine to him. So this makes this moon super strong, super powerful, and very potent. Plus, we have Uranus, the planet of change, meeting up with the node of fate. This happens once every 84 years. 84 years, you heard me correctly. Once in a lifetime thing. Now, Uranus meets up with the node of fate every 19 years, right? But once every 84 years does he meet up with it in Taurus, and that might even be longer than that. But at any rate, it's not, not a common meetup. But it's activating the eclipses last November, this March, or this May, May 15th, and then this fall, October 24th and November 7th. The election is on an eclipse. Register to vote. Um, when we look at the new moon, we look at the energy down here, we see it is very low in air, very high in fire, very high in fixed energy. Fixed fire is Leo, right? Now, Leo is a lot about honor and truth and justice, and our Leo friends, it's the sign of the lion, you know? They're kind of like, well, this is what honor is. This is honor from my understanding of it. So they have a loyalty thing, they have an honor thing. Now sometimes if somebody has a Leo rising, they'll go, well, you, are you loyal to me? But it is the true version of loyal and honor, right? So there is no air. This is not a time of words. Look at the missing air, right? No air. When we're missing an element, we tend to overcompensate because it's missing. And we see this new moon is very fiery, very fixed. You know, we have fires all over the place right now. Europe, all you know, the United States. Fire, fire, fire. Change, change, change. Uranus and Taurus, Mars and Taurus on the note of fate. Yes, they're going to go for those sequoias out west. But our understanding is this is a, these are big, big shifts that don't happen that often. So this week... I know you're getting a little tired of all the shifts, but we've been talking about this Pluto transit lasting two more years, actually two and a half more years, and then we have to get out of it. You know, like once it finishes, we crawl out of the muck, and we're like, oh, God, that was, we're out of the muck, but then we have to see what we have, because everything's been blown up. So we're in a marathon here. We're not in a sprint. This is one of the big weeks, this week, next week, really big weeks. When we look at the asteroids for the full moon, the ones that struck me, of course, were Orpheus, which is the descent to the underworld. He's on Mercury, contraparallel Mercury, and he's contraparallel Uranus. Now, Orpheus was music. Of course, Beyonce's dropping her album this week. Cultural, you know, cultural, got to put it in the cultural reference. So I'm going to imagine, and in the album has a whole theme about, I don't want to, you know, I don't want you to tell me what to do. It's very, it's got a, 
um, what's the right word for it? It's got an element of rebellion, an element of stating what I would like is this. We're seeing a lot of people unionizing. We're seeing a lot of people saying, okay, you're going to unionize, we're going to shut the store down. Mercury, Uranus. We're trying to make the changes. And so the energy is very, very strong. We also have Jupiter stocked on Circe. Circe is a very powerful uh, sorceress. And Jupiter stocked on her, parallel to her, encourages us to really be conscious about what we're creating. Very strong creative energy with these asteroids. And of course, the sun is parallel to Lilith. Lilith was Adam's first wife, and the sun is saying, you're under my dominion, and Lilith said, suck an egg to Adam. So we've got a suck an egg energy to the authority figures. We have descent into the underworld with Orpheus, who lost his wife, uh, and didn't get her back and wrote very song, sad, sad songs about it. We also have Hygieia with Mercury, uh, which is health energy, and we also have a couple of other asteroids that speak to wanting us to work on a deeper level with understanding what's possible. So we've got a very rebellious asteroids in this new moon chart. We also have a lot of um, Arabic parts. Now, as I mentioned before, the, the ascendance in the path of fire, and we also have Jupiter and Mars in mutual reception, right? Jupiter is in Aries, Mars is in Taurus, but it's in, in, the, in the energy of the term of Jupiter, so they can swap places. We have Mercury and Jupiter able to swap places. So it's, if we work with our consciousness, we can really elevate the energy of this new moon. Uh, which is important for all of us. Elevate up. Remember, we're going up. We're trying to go higher. We're trying to vision. We're taking that Cancer moon today and tomorrow through Thursday, figuring out emotionally what's important to us, figuring out how we're going to shine. With that vision in place, forward we go. Backwards. <laughs> hey, I can't, I can't always control how it says, why are we going to go backwards now that we have a vision? Because we've got to put in place the things we need to do it. Oh, okay, because we got Pluto for the next two and a half years playing with the United States chart. Oh, we got Pluto playing with the world. Pluto is Capricorn, it's governments. All the, look at all these governments falling. Boris, now we got Italy going, and wait till you see the Uranus transit coming. You might be a little excited. Um, and we'll see what happens. So we see a lot of energy here with working on our passions. Mercury's on the part of passion. What is your passion? Now, it's Mercury and Leo which is your passion, not anybody else's. And if you're working on your passion, you are in alignment with your soul. Uh, and with Mercury and Leo, I suggest you don't go telling other people your passions because they're going to go, oh, I don't know how you're going to get that done. Because it's not their passion. It's your passion. Right? When I, um, when I became an astrologer, when I decided I wanted to become an astrologer, I said something to my father. Now, I had a corporate career, I had a computer business, blah, 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 blah. He goes, I want my college tuition money back. And I said, okay, but you didn't give me the college tuition money. You gave it to the college, right to the college. But I knew I wanted to be an astrologer, so here I am. You're listening to my podcast, right? And it was a vision. It was a dream. I looked around, and I went, I think I want to do that now. Was that on my radar when I was 20 and I was going to college? No, I was a bio major with a minor in psych, and then I switched. I was a bio major, and then I switched to be a psych major with a minor in bio because chemistry was... Fourth floor, eight in the morning, and I wasn't making any of those classes. Shifts in your life. Moments of change. That's what we're having this week. Huge, huge. This week, next week. Huge, huge, huge. Moments of change. Reality's going to be different. 
We also have the Jupiter stationing to go retrograde. And this is the Jupiter retrograde station. Notice it has Sag rising, which is Jupiter's ruler. A lot of planets in the 8th house. It's right after the new moon, right? Because the new moon happened a couple hours before. And all those planets are in the 8th house of change. And we have a lot of planets down here in the 5th house of children and change. 8th house, of course, this is a very reproductive energy, right? 5th house is kids. 8th house is death. Jupiter is rules, Roe versus Wade, but also in your own life, what are the things you're trying to create? How do you create them? What is your call? What is your purpose? And remember, these are bold charts. So you have all the planets on one side of your chart and the other side, somebody else is in charge of. So look at where these planets all fall in your chart. Notice Jupiter down here stopped. Now, he entered his retrograde shadow on May 4th, right before those eclipses, actually right in the middle of eclipse season, because there was an eclipse on April 30th, and then there was an eclipse on May 15th. So Jupiter entered Aries, and he said, new 12-year cycle started. I'm a member of OPA. Maurice Fernandez had been the leader of OPA for, you know, 12 years. He brought me on the board, brought me into OPA, and brought me on the board, and he told me in the parking lot he was leaving, at the conference in Tucson, I burst into tears. I'm like, you're leaving? When I started, you know, that ugly cry. Like, he was surprised, as I was. But I'm like, I knew it was an eclipse. I knew people would be leaving, but I didn't think you'd be leaving. So we're all leaving. We're all starting a new chapter. We're all beginning a new section. We had pilot season. It stops this week. And now we go forward with this next new chapter, which really begins in December 21st, when Jupiter gets back into Aries. So he's now stationing to go retrograde. He is going to go direct on November 24th, Thanksgiving Day, at 28 Pisces. And then he's going to clear his shadow on February uh, 17th next year. So we're working in this story of Jupiter. Pay attention to how your chart wants to expand. Think back in 12-year increments, 2010, 1998, 1986, 1974, what was your vision? What was your hope? What was your dream? Why was that your vision, your hope, and your dream? What's your next vision, hope, and dream? That's the Jupiter. Again, you don't have to get it ready until December, but in, you've got pilot season. You've been working on it now since the eclipses. Get ready. Next up, this is the big one. This is the big one for the week. Uranus meeting the North Node. Uranus is over here, coming in for a landing with the North Node of fate and destiny, right after this lovely new moon. We also see Mars coming in. Now, this is the part that everybody, you know, if you read the internet, everybody's like, oh, excited about this. Uh, because Mars coming along, triggering Uranus, and yeah, it happens every two years, but it doesn't happen every two years on the Node of fate which happens, Uranus is in Taurus once every 84 years, um, and Uranus is on the node of fate. Like, it's kind of a big deal, right? So this is huge and important, and, you know, don't read all the scary stuff on the Internet, but understand we're really pushing for some changes. The personal planets, Moon is in Virgo, uh, Mercury is in, uh, Lib in Leo, Sun is in Leo. Venus is in Cancer. So these guys are all kind of hanging out together, watching all this other stuff. Mars is going to come along to Uranus and cause some kind of sudden, unexpected explosion, change, overthrow, 
new shift in direction. New earthquakes, very common with Uranus on the north node. Um, very common on Uranus stations. Also, remember, we had Jupiter station this week, right? So Jup those outer planets, when they stop, kind of a big deal. So one of the things we do in astrology is we look at the astrocartography. This is where the Uranus-Mars conjunction meets on the face of the Earth. Runs right here through the middle of our country, right, right through there. So that whole section is on fire this week with sudden unexpected changes, possibly earthquakes, possibly big shifts. There's a big line down here that comes along, you know, right on the Antarctica, kind of in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. Over here, we see the Sun, and Mars and Uranus on the North Node coming through Moscow, coming down here into uh, the Middle East. And then we see another Mars-Uranus conjunction here off the coast of Australia. Let's drive in a little. This is the Russian one. Uh, comes in through uh, Norway and um, uh, Finland and then drives right through Moscow, through St. Petersburg. So that's the area where that Mars-Uranus is going to watch. I'm not going to say somebody might be overthrown, but Mars-Uranus is a violent aspect. It comes down through here, next up in the United States, comes here through Texas, uh, through Wichita, Omaha, up through Fargo. This whole section is where the Mars-Uranus conjunction is. Now, mind you, it is going to get tighter over the next week, right? So it's not, this is like Uranus on the node, then Mars comes along and triggers Uranus and the node. Also activating the eclipses from last spring, I'm sorry, last, um, last fall, November, and the eclipses from this spring. So that's a juicy, hot energy. So we're really working with some very, very big changes. Now this, this Uranus-Mars aspect happens next Sunday, so next week is really wild, right? <laughs> and it's always fun to go, hey, preview's coming, next week's going to be really wild, and you go, okay. And really wild? I'm like, yeah, really, really wild. Um, and so get ready. You know, we are, we are seeing some really interesting changes here on planet Earth. We are seeing governments topple, people leave, changes happen. So we'll see how this little baby, this little baby plays out because it always happens along the path of the angles. When it's on the ascendant, when it's on the descendant, 500 miles on either side, and as it goes up and down those lines. All right. So this week, our lovely, um, our lovely sun goes from Le zero Libra to eight Leo, and it is very active. It does have a nice trine to the Jupiter, as we pointed out. Uh, it's forming as Jupiter stations, but it actually trines Jupiter on, on Sunday the 31st. It also has a physical adjustment to the home and hearth energy that takes place on July 28th, and that can be a health aspect too. Sun is also in a Quindicilli to Saturn. Now, this is a little harder because Quindicillis often bring health issues to light. So this is one of those aspects where we can have unexpected departures of people uh, with the Sun in a Quindicilli to Saturn. So we've got any health aspects to the doctor. No fooling around. Mercury this week is flying really quickly. He runs from 10 Leo to 23 Leo. 56, almost 24. 
he does have a, quite a few uh, contentious aspects. He has a quindicelli to Pluto on the 25th, where we're going to be looking at, you know, he's looking at some power dynamics and some understanding, and that can be some difficult news about health matters coming in. He also has a, Mercury also has a square to Mars in Taurus, uh, so that's news. We're going to watch on the 26th for rumblings, information, ideas that maybe are coming out of that upcoming Mars-Uranus square. Sometimes we have advance notice, sometimes we don't, but we may have advance notice on this, and if that happens, that'll happen on the 26th. Uh, Mercury meets the nodes of fate by declination on the 27th. Really important. Now, Mercury is not a happy camper in Leo because it's considered in its detriment because it's about people talking about themselves all the time. But for on an individual level, Mercury in Leo is very helpful because it helps you get an alignment with what you want, and so that part's helpful. But, you know, you talk about yourself a lot, and people go, oh, my God, they talk about themselves all the time. So you want to kind of know Mercury is aspecting the nodes of fate and encouraging itself to by declination to come up with an idea. And then when we get to the 29th, it has a hard aspect to the nodes. It's squaring the nodes. And you can see Mercury's here at 24. It squares this Mars Uranus. It's coming in to square it. Remember, it's going from 10 uh, up to 24 this week. And so as he squares these nodes, which he does on the 27th, there's kind of an aha moment, and he also has a square and a parallel to Uranus. So we're going to watch for this unexpected news that comes in on the 27th and the 28th that Mercury's going to deliver. And again, you know, it, it's pay attention to the news that you get because it's got a story that you want to be looking at and understanding on a deeper level. Um, so Mercury is talking, but you know, a lot of times he'll say stuff when he's in Leo and people don't really listen to him, but you should. Then he has another health aspect uh, when he has it to Vesta, another Quindicelli on the, th the 29th. Again, someone's talking, they're having a little breathing, difficulty breathing. They're having a little, and of course it's, you know, 300 degrees outside. <laughs> Um, ozone alert till 11 o'clock tonight. I'm like, ozone alert? Wow, I haven't heard that in a long time. So it's understanding that the Mercury is really wanting to give you information, but you may not listen to it. In hindsight, you see it and you go, oh, that's what it was. When we had this during 9-11, uh, George Bush got the presidential daily briefing when he was at the ranch in Texas that Osama bin Laden's going to attack in planes, right? It was in the, it was in the briefing. We were warned. Do we do anything about it? No. When this, you get this warning, do something about it. Pay attention to the extent that you can, of course, because you may not be able to do. But you go, oh, oh, it's yeah, it's happening. Um, I got the warning. I paid attention. Mercury also has a hard aspect to Saturn this week. So that's ending news of endings, news of separation, news of breakups. And Mercury also is parallel Mars this week. Now next week, Mars comes in and goes, right? So we're, we've got this very volatile little energy where Mercury's going, you know what's going to happen? Pay attention over there, pay attention over there. So you want to watch. When you hear it, go, what's going on over there? Let's pay attention. Interesting energy with Mercury because he's, uh, he's, he's acting as the messenger and he's got the, he's got the scoop. Um, the Venus this week runs from 8 uh, Cancer to uh, 16 Cancer. She also has a square to Jupiter and a square to Chiron. 
um, and she is in cancer so she's a little more sensitive than usual you're going to look at what sign the moon's in to see what kind of mood she's in because remember she's every two and a half days she's changing moods so when she when she squares a Jupiter uh, on the 25th she's going to be in moon's going to be in cancer so she's going to be really sensitive to, to difficult criticisms and you saying mean things to her and so a little sensitive with the feminine energies this week if you don't need to say it don't say it uh, this is one of those times when you can say things and they get you in trouble forever <coughs> excuse me um, or they stay <coughs> I guess it's true they stay on the internet forever right so you want to kind of be a little careful with Venus because she'll be going you know when you said that to me for a long time so be careful what you say to Venus this week she also has, as I mentioned before, a square to Jupiter. She also is kind of getting into some kind of power dynamic with Pluto. She doesn't want to be told what to do. We already saw that on the full moon, on the new moon, rather. So Venus is a little feisty. And remember, the moon is out of bounds. So with moon's out of bounds, Venus is out of bounds, Lilith is out of bounds, Ceres is out of bounds. Feminine energies are out of bounds. They are not in the mood to follow the rules. Mars. Uh, is in 13 Taurus and he goes to 17 Taurus uh, he doesn't have a lot of aspects this week except he gets unchained on the 28th which I find interesting he's got a contra parallel to Saturn so it's kind of like Mars sits back and Saturn says okay you can go, go do it uh, it's that Beckett uh, will no one rid me of this troublesome priest and the king said that, and they rid him of the troublesome priests. So we're going to be interested to see how this, what this plays out. As we mentioned before, Jupiter is stationing this week. Uranus has a creative aspect this week. It's talking to Ceres, uh, so creativity can run a little high. And Uranus is running from um, 1831 to 1841, not going fast. Uranus is slow, but it's right in that node, so it's super important. That node hit is at 4.04 p.m. East Coast time. And then we also have the energy of Juno uh, stationing retrograde, which we already talked about. So that's the energy in, in the sky for the week. And for our moons, uh, as mentioned before today, on the 24th, the moon's in Gemini. Uh, the 25th, the moon's in Gemini goes void at 4.14. Going to be void all morning until it goes into Cancer at 1.54. Moon goes void on Monday with a squared Neptune. So it's a lot about dreams, a lot of emotion, a lot of feelings. When it goes into Cancer, it's out of bounds. It's also in the dark of the moon. It's balsamic phase. Balsamic phase is a pretty intense time because like balsamic vinegar, very piquant. But Moon is in her favorite sign. Sun is in his favorite sign. So they're having this little dance that they're doing up there. Uh, so the Moon is in Cancer on the 25th. The 26th, it goes void at 8.54 p.m. on the 27th. And the moon goes void in Cancer with an opposition to Pluto. The moon is void until 2.36 in the morning uh, when it enters Leo on Thursday morning. And then we have the new moon at 1.55 p.m. on Thursday. And we have Jupiter stationing to go retrograde on Thursday on that new moon in a trine to the sun and the moon. And then the moon is in uh, Leo on Friday when the Islamic New Year begins at sundown. 
I love my calendar. It has all these little things in it. And then on Saturday night, uh, early morning, you know, like 12.30 in the morning on Saturday, uh, the moon goes void in Leo, and it goes void with an opposition to Saturn. Again, a hard ending. Then it's void until 2.11 p.m. Saturday morning. And it goes into Virgo 2.11 p.m. on the 30th, and it's in Virgo on the 30th and the 31st. And it goes void at uh, 6.39 on Monday the 1st. And it goes 6.29 on Monday the 1st, all East Coast times. And it goes void with the trine to Pluto. So all the moons this week are hard. They all have hard emotional endings. Meaning, you go, oh, wow, okay. Oh, wow, okay. So just know it's hard emotions, out-of-bounds emotions, intense emotions. Plus that Uranus Mars, which starts this week, but it happens next week, too. So it's like a lot going on. Um, we also have... Uh, the Donald Blanford days this week are Friday the 29th, when the moon in Leo squares the Mars and the Uranus um, and kicks them up. A lot of emotional stress on the 27th, when the moon makes a number of hard aspects to planets. And then on Monday the 25th, when, uh, again, hard aspects to the planets. So emotions are a little fraught this week. So be kind can't do something nice, just smile and give them a piece of chocolate or something, you know, to be supportive, because on some levels there's there's no way to comfort this. It's it's hard energy. But it's changes. It's you know, it gets us to the next place, but going through it may not be pleasant. Um so yeah, look at those lines. <sighs> Alright. Now on a high note, my assistant Rose is a playwright, and I'm going to be reading Jane Austen's chart next Saturday on the 30th at 3 p.m. Eastern Time online with an actress portraying Jane. So it'll be, and I have to tell you, I have never read a Jane Austen book in my 67 and almost 68 years of living. I have gone and seen a couple of Jane Austen plays, but I've never read a Jane Austen book. I know, like, this much about Jane. My assistant on the other hand is currently working as a docent over in England uh, reading Jane's letters and giving tours of Jane for 10 hours for the week and then she can hang out in Jane's writings right so it's whole we have a whole different world views um, at any rate I'm reading the I'm reading Jane Austen's chart we have a lovely actress Lauren Rockland Laura Rockland who will be portraying Jane. So we'll be looking at her chart. We have a good time for her. A couple people wrote and go, are you going to talk about what she died of? So I thought, well, I could look that up and see what the chart says about why she, because I guess she died young. Um, and we'll kind of look at the story. And what it's going to do is benefit uh, Rose's producing a workshop of the play. And this is a fundraiser to do that. So feel free to stop in. It'll be astrology reading. Um, and we'll be looking at Jane's chart. So if you like Jane, if you like astrology, it should work. $26. And you sign up for it on the Holy Theater, but T-R-E, not T-E-R, org. Uh, next up, the Mind Body Cruise. Um, Mind Body Spirit Cruise. Somebody asked where we're going. I said it's the East Coast, the East Side. And, you know, apparently they changed the lands. They changed the different ports of calls. So um, January 22nd to the 28th, the $200 that you pay to me 
is for the workshops and all that stuff. And then the cruise part, you book through Hildy uh, on Forest Hill. Contact information there. It should be fun. We're going to eat together. We're going to sing together. We're going to go on hikes. Well, not really hikes, but we're going to go on tours. So it'll be like traveling as a group. So that's why you sign up with Hildy. And, uh, and then when we're at sea, we'll be having workshops on crystals and astrology and Reiki and all that kind of stuff. So it should be a lot of fun. Um, a cup full of stars, new month coming, sign up, sign up. Every morning you get a little 8 to 10 minute, I was saying 6 to 10, but it's really usually 8 to 10 minute recording of the day's aspects, how to use them. Sign up on Patreon and or at least $17 a month. People seem to like it, which is good. I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday, Joanne. I said, so do you like it? What do you like about it? Because, <laughs> you know, you know I'm, I put this stuff out there and I'm kind of like, "Am I? is this okay? Am I doing all right? Do you like it? I'm a, I'm a Virgo. We're a little neurotic. And uh, people seem to like it. So it's helpful. And you get, me, get to hear me say, today you're going to work on these things. So it kind of takes this weekly weather and breaks it out into days. Uh, also, ESAR in, December, in uh, August uh, in Colorado, out in Westminster, which is halfway between Denver and halfway between Boulder. And I'm going to be speaking on the Pluto return for the United States. And I'm also going to be doing a horary workshop on Monday at the post-conference workshop. So it's a fun group. This conference has been postponed a few times for COVID. Um, but it does look like it's a fly this week and it, this month. So sign up. It should be fun. And then last, not even last, the next is Omega. Now, they apparently had our link hard to find. So on the bottom, there's how you find the link. And it's literally, you type all that stuff in. But they apparently adjusted it so people can now find it. Because we had people going, I can't find it on Omega's website. So we're out there the 16th to the 18th. And it's a lovely workshop. It's a one-tracker. Meaning, you know, we're all presenting and we're all in the same room. So there's kind of an integration and it rolls and it flows. So it's Friday night, Saturday. And then Saturday night we're going to do a workshop out. It's beautiful aspects that weekend. We're going to do an outdoor workshop, uh, you know, a ceremony kind of in invoking our new cycles. Our, all these new cycles that we're really starting. So it'll be a lovely opportunity to hang out, talk, eat good food, hang out in nature. Upstate New York is just pretty. I mean, other people go, that's not upstate, and Well, it's upstate for New York City. Um, but it's a really pretty, pretty part of the country. And it's Rhinebeck. It looks like Germany. So if you want to go to Germany, but you don't want to fly in a coat, uh, you know, a five-hour, seven-hour plane ride, come to Rhinebeck. Um, and then I've got the Pluto return of the United States on my website. If you can't come to hear me in ESAR, here's an option for you there. And then also the Neptune conjunction that we're talking about that's very active. It's being activated this week uh, because Jupiter's stationing. You know, he met up with he met up with Neptune, and they met up at 23, and now he's going back into Pisces and he's going to Neptune. What did we say we were going to do? So that's part of the energy of this week. So hopefully that gives you some help in working with the energy and some guidance in how to use it. Uh, remember, you're a child of the universe, and the universe is unfolding as it should, and you're here for a reason to do something. So let's figure out what that is. This is a great week to think about your heart's path. And then next week, rocking and rolling. Actually, towards the end of the week, rocking and rolling. Because as Mars comes in, he activates stuff. And with the two stations and the new moon and, yeah, it'll be fun. So hopefully that gives you some um, uh, guidance. Or, you know, how do we work with that heaven? How do we work with the heaven and get it to do 
use the energy of the heavens in a way that we like rather than just raw energy in the middle. It's kind of like when you open up your refrigerator and you go, I only have zucchini and garlic in here? Hmm. All right, well, I can do something with that. This is a, um, this is a pungent week. Probably some hot peppers. Have a good one.